it, that's a lot to take. Or we go to a club and they're like, why are you here with your dad? Like, and that up here in my head kind of was wearing on me. I think I've now gotten to a point where and it's probably because we're so good now that mm-hmm. it doesn't really bother me anymore. I mean, especially now that I'm exploring all of this, I'm looking around and I'm thinking that's nothing compared to what else is going on all around these people. Ours is just out in the open because I'll walk down the street holding her hand and we're just visible. Well, these other people have all of their, their things they're doing too, but it's just not out in the open. Welcome to Normalizing Non-Monogamy, the podcast where we interview incredible people from all over the world to hear their personal journeys of self-discovery through the lenses of love, sex, and relationships. Our mission is to show people that they're not alone and to inspire them to embrace their true selves so that together we can open minds and live authentically without shame. We believe everyone's story is powerful and beautiful, yet it's important to remember that everyone does life a little bit differently and that the views and opinions expressed by our guests do not necessarily reflect our own. Additionally, we aren't doctors. Please consult a medical professional for anything regarding your health that you might learn about on the show. Enjoy! Welcome to episode 314. We're Finn and Emma. And today we have a beautiful interview with Tasha and David. They've been together about 10 years and they really talk, dive deep into how their relationship has shifted and changed over the years. Yeah, I think this is one of the things that we love to talk about, or maybe I love to talk about, <laughs> maybe we love to bring up is the the old saying, Swingers don't catch feelings. And I don't, I don't necessarily think that these two came into it with that, that mindset, but this is a really great look at what happens when people who are mostly in the swinging world, mostly in the swinging lifestyle do start to develop feelings and what that looks like and the work that goes into that. And not to say that they didn't do work before that because they did. There's a lot that these two have worked through and navigated together over the last 10 years of not just being together, but being open pretty mm-hmm. much that entire time. Yeah, yeah. There's also an age difference between the two of them that we talk about and dive into quite a bit, which is amazing. We have I love that part of the conversation. Which probably gives context to the snippet that I used at the beginning where <laughs> he talks about when when they show up to places and they're like, Why are you here with your daughter? So that was the that was the context for that. So now, now you have a little more context. <laughs> and you'll have even more when you yeah. listen to the interview. Yeah. Also we wanted to let people know that Tasha is in a doctoral research research program or a doctoral program doing research. And she will talk about this later on in the conversation, but it would be amazing. This is your opportunity to help maybe move the needle forward on visibility and all of that around non-monogamy. She is doing her research on relationship satisfaction across relationship styles. And so there is a short 10-minute-ish survey. Again, she'll talk about it in the episode, but this is your opportunity to contribute to that and contribute to the research to yeah bring awareness and and show sort of your experience even if you're somebody who is extremely closeted maybe lives in a super rural part or conservative part of the country this is all anonymous and you can make a difference so yes it would actually be wonderful for you to fill that out and to do that go to our website and go to the show notes for this episode and you can find links right there And with that, we are going to jump into the conversation with Tasha and David for anybody who happens to be a premium subscriber. In fact, they didn't happen to be. They intentionally went and- They chose to be? They chose intentionally to go to our homepage and scroll down and they click the button that says sign up. It's just a couple of bucks a month and you get to listen to all of our episodes that have been uploaded to the premium subscription, which is (laughs) is like the last 30 or so, 50 Uh or so, uh plus- 
everything moving forward without ads. Yeah, I was like, it's been over a year, so it's been at least 50. Yes. And our ads, by the way, are some of the best ads on the internet (laughs) because we bake them in here with love. And honestly, they are the way that we continue producing and giving you this podcast every week. So they are super important. The first one that we want to tell you about is our upcoming virtual meet and greet, our next virtual meet and greet, which is this coming Friday, November 17th. We would love to see you on Zoom with all of the other amazing people from all around the world where we bring you together. We ask fun and incredible questions as we believe ourselves. Yes. We're humble about it. Yes. And then we scramble up the rooms. You go into breakout rooms. It's it's a good time. We promise it's a good time. We've been doing these for four years and people love them. Yes. To sign up, head over to our website, click on the events tab, and you will see all of the information there. And that website again, normalizingnonmonogamy.com. Yes. And while you're there, go to the community tab and check out our online community. We have about 300 members in there interacting every single day. We also have monthly Q&A calls or community discussion calls, we also call them. Um, We have a men's group, we have a women's group, and it's just a wonderful way to find support, find like-minded people, ask questions provide support to other people, and just find your tribe. Yeah, feel like you belong. Yeah, yeah. It's only $5 a month to join. And again, all of the information is on the community tab. Of our website, normalizingamonogamy.com. In case they haven't found it by now. <laughs> Next up, we wanted to remind you that we have recently started doing Ask Us Anything episodes. We are doing these once a month. I'm doing these mostly with Miche, who is an amazing coach from Expansive Connection. She is also non-monogamous herself and was on the podcast Way back in the mid 200s, you can you can actually search for it now on our website. Woo-hoo. There's a search bar, and you type Mishay, M E S H A I. Correct. And we would love to have you send us a question that we will answer. You can do that on our website under the podcast tab slash Ask Us Anything. And last but not least, we also wanted to remind you to go to our website, go to the resources tab, check out. S- They're already on our website, Emma. Okay. Well. Keep stay there then. Stay there. <laughs> Check out stdcheck.com. It is our favorite way. And hopefully by now you understand how why it's our favorite way to get tested for STIs. It is super quick and simple and discreet. And at only $129, it's affordable as well. With that, you get a 10 panel test. And it's only $129 if you use the links on our website because you get a discount for doing so and you support the podcast. And here's a special offer. Yes. And I was like, what? (laughs) (laughs) We have lots of amazing swag from all over the place that people have sent us over the years. If you also think STD check is the best way to get tested for STIs, and you want to go over to our website on that Contact Us tab and send us a voicemail about why you think it's the most amazing and your experience, so we don't have to do this every week, and you are okay with us playing your message on the podcast, we will send you some awesome swag. We got lube coming out of our ears. We got condoms. We got stickers. We got coloring books. We've got comic books. Yeah, we we've, got lots of we've stuff. We've got lots of stuff. You could, we've got t-shirts still hanging out in the bin. A few. So we would love to hook you up with something if you can hook us up with a little bit of love for stdcheck.com because we know it's amazing and we see all of you using it. So we know you think it's amazing, but we would love to hear you tell us how amazing it is so other people know too. Yes, please. And also since Finn mentioned shirts, go on our homepage. You can find our Give a Love shirts. You can find t-shirts, tank tops, sweatshirts, all of the above, long sleeves, 
long sleeve shirts. Um, it is a great time of year to get a gift for somebody and or for yourself and uh, buy one of those. They, they say give love with our logo and we love them. Yep. Totally. And with that. Plus, remember, if you if you do send us that testimonial, you'll get swag in the mail, which is another great gift. <laughs> exactly. Give give your give your partner that sexy coloring book from One Condoms. <laughs> or give it to yourself. Give it to yourself. You can sit. Yeah. You can sit. Never mind. I was going to say some no, really dumb no, stuff. No. We can, we, can, we can just move on. Move on. What you do is you take, nope, we're you gonna take move the lube on. and you put it all over your colored pencils and then you try to color you try to color in your coloring book while your hands are covered in lube. Why? Just for fun? For the challenge. I guess it's maybe, like a party game. Okay, then maybe you need to have like a competition with your friends. That's right. Who can color the best pictures while coated in lube? That would be an interesting challenge. Party game. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll stop talking at you. Let's jump into this amazing interview with David and Tasha. Let's go. Good morning and welcome to the podcast, Tasha and David. We're really excited to have you here today and can't wait to dive in and learn more about both of you. So welcome. And we would love for you to start by introducing yourselves at whatever level you're comfortable with and going from there. You go first. <laughs> okay. Well, hi, I'm Tasha. It is really nice to meet you. My husband and I have been listening to you for a while. And I think as we've kind of mentioned before, um, Dave has been listening a lot more than I have just because of everything that I've had going on. But anyway, back to who I am. So I'm Tasha. I'm married to Dave. Uh, we've been married for five years. And currently, I am I'm in a graduate program that is pretty much taking all my time. So when people ask me who I am and what I have going on, that's like my first go-to kind of thing. Um, full-time grad student, student in a doctoral program. Aside from that and our relationship, we've been together for almost 10 years now, but married for five. And we've primarily been exploring, not exploring, but in the swinging lifestyle uh, for the majority of our relationship, I'd say. And currently we are somewhat exploring opening our marriage slightly. I think right now we're not really sure if that's polyamory or if it's just opening or what's happening so but yeah introduce myself yes sorry okay (laughs) (laughs) okay my name is Dave David I lived in Southern California my whole life I am 54 years old Mm. and I am married to Tasha as clearly she spoke (laughs) for five years I heard yes yes just over five years Perfect. And what, where, where did swinging come into your lives? I mean, had, had either of you explored it before you got together? I did not. Yeah, no, not necessarily. No, not necessarily swinging. I think I was always kind of just more open with things, but, um, but yeah, that, that was kind of just barely before we got together. So yeah, I believe she got me into the more openness. She's slightly younger than me by 20 ish years. So she was more open-minded than I was, but she opened up all of that to me. Yeah. And how did it, how did it come up? I mean, I'm just curious, like how those, I I think that's a big moment, right. In a, in, in any partnership to be like, Hey, 
how do you feel about maybe opening this up to other people, whether even if it's just sexually? And I know we say that like it's <laughs> I think it's funny be, being where we're at after all of this that we're just like, well, just sexually, like it's but no big, be deal. A really big but that's deal. a huge deal to some people or to lots of people. It is. So I'm, it I'm is. curious. It's not, how it, it's not simple. Yeah. How it even came up. I believe that's the easy part. Sex is the easy part. He didn't always. I didn't that always way. think that at all. Now I, yeah, I was going to say, we're going to tap into that, like that person. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. And I don't think I, I don't think I mentioned I'm um, 28 years old. So yes, we do have a bit of an age difference, um, which is a interesting dynamic for us as well. But um, yeah. So when we met, I was still in college and I was just very much about exploring my sexuality and just really wanting to experience things. I think I was trying to fight like being tied down, so to speak in college. But at the same time, I was kind of like, this guy's really cool. I'm really enjoying my time with him. So it's not like I'm opposed to spending time together. I just didn't want to feel limited in my experience with things. And I was also open to, you know, exploring my sexuality with him, which was kind of fun. So I think we did like a lot of threesomes for a while, just things like that. And then, which were, you know, they had their ups and downs definitely because we weren't going about it in this like very conscientious way of like, this is what we're going to try. And we're opening our relationship. It was kind of just like, Hey, let's try this tonight. Or like, do you want to do that? You know? So, so it was just like this for me, it was like my wild college years that I was like, let's go Dave. Like we're going to fucking do this. And he was like, okay, cool. Yeah. I'm down. Right. right. So, <laughs> yeah. But I would say the swinging thing really came into after, was it right before we got married? Yeah. Yeah. When we went to desire where everybody starts and we had no idea what we were walking into. And we walked in there with our huge eyes on well, this is a thing. Like we kind of knew it was a thing, but we didn't, but that was the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. That's a big jump. Like to, I mean, yeah. just to walk into Desire, which for anyone listening who doesn't know, it's a uh, resort that is clothing op- optional and uh, a swinging resort, I guess, for lack of a better word. Well, yeah, I would say yeah, it's a like sex that. resort. Sex <laughs> resort, yeah. Yes. And we walked in thinking it was just a place we could lay by the pool without our clothes on, but it's just oh, so much more. Which yeah. you can do. You can do yes. that. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I'm I'm curious too, back, backing up, David, that for you, you'd said that, that sex wasn't always the easy part. And I'm curious, mm-hmm. I mean, going back in time, what did that look like for you? Um, sex for me was like something that you have, that you have with someone that you're in a relationship with or that you're, I guess, yeah, married or have a relationship with. And not, that's just it. It's one mm-hmm. person. Hello. I was married for 20 years before this. And that was it. That's what you do. But I've had to, I don't know, not, not had to, but she has opened my eyes to like, it's, that's not all there is to it. There's so much more. Mm-hmm. And I think what I was saying was in the, in the spot that we are now, the sex part is easy. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's the relationship. It's the actual having to, you know, have conversations with her about all of that. But the actual act of sex is not difficult with other people anymore. But I think that's yeah. what it was for me because my mind was different when I was younger. Yeah. yeah. Well, you had been in a 20 year monogamous marriage. Mm-hmm. Like your, your, right. your mindset is there. Right. That's where you're I came at. out of that to Tasha and then boom. <laughs> <laughs> okay. oh, that's a, that's a big transition. <laughs> yes, yeah. <it> was. <laughs> yeah. And how about on your end, Tasha, has the, have you come up against anything that, that sort of challenged your 
ability to navigate this? Um, you know, throughout our swinging, like in the beginning, I mean, all throughout, I will say like jealousy came up with me, came up for me a lot of the time. And that was probably our biggest conversation piece was just like navigating those feelings. And, and especially because sex was so important to him when we first started and it was with people that he loved and like had a very like genuine connection with. I was kind of like, okay, if we have sex with this person, are you going to like fall in love with them now? You know? So it was kind of, it's almost like a weird flip that we've done, but, um, (laughs) so, so that was hard for me in the beginning, not so much to where it was like pervading our relationship and just making things super, super hard. But I remember those conversations of me being concerned about like where he was and whether or not like what that meant for me and what that meant for our relationship kind of thing. Um, because I was more in the headspace of like sex is just this fun thing. It's not meaningless completely, but it's just this fun thing that doesn't have so much Mm -hmm. meaning to where it has all of these other implications. So when we started swinging, that was still kind of an issue at first. Um, just like, because when we started swinging, we didn't even know swinging existed as a thing, right? It was kind of like we walked into desire and we were like, oh, this is something that people do. Like, this this makes sense. Like, versus doing it with, like, my friends in college before, you know? And these were people that I cared about to some degree and then made it an interesting dynamic for my boyfriend at the time to be having sex with them. So it was just... Yeah, it was interesting. So I was kind of like the swinging thing is really nice because there's everybody knows where everybody is kind of right. So, but yeah, I don't know if there was any more difficulties other than that. Just those conversations about jealousy and, and how we're evolving as a team and growing and what kinds of things we wanted to explore versus what kinds of things like freaked us out. But yeah. Yeah. It sounds like even though like there is an age gap, you both were kind of end the exploration together. And it was new for both of you at that same time. For sure. Yeah. And still is never ending. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's a really good point. (laughs) I also too, I love the thread Tasha that you kind of said there around like if, and, and I think this is something that a lot of us are still untangling is sex and love go together. And if you're going to have one, the other follows and so that that fear that's like, well, if you do have sex, does that mean you will fall in love and it'll just run away? Like it'll be a runaway train that you can't stop. And right. and being able to experience that. And and I mean, for some people, maybe that's what it is, right? And and but for others it's not. And so I think just being able to face that down and then jump in and try it is like that's a I think that is a big step. To, to take and it's a lot to overcome yes for her she had reason to believe that because that's what i would say out loud to her i would say mm-hmm. no you do that with the person that you're in a relationship that you love yeah. so i understand exactly why she thought that yeah. but i was slowly changing her she was not changing me but i was opening up my mind yeah. and i was learning that that's not how it is like i do I, it's not that i don't care for the people but i don't I'm not in love with these people yeah and Back to the swinging and, and the threesome thing. For me, I feel like it's easier. The swinging thing turned out to be easier than the the threesomes because they're coupled up. Mm-hmm. We're all in the same here. But when there's a single person coming in, you never really know. So I might have made her more nervous then because now she's like, 
yeah, you can go hang out with our swinger friends, you know, whether, whatever you do, totally trust. And yeah. I mean, she still trusts me, but you know, it's just easier. I think that way, at least mm-hmm. it was for us. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. There's that like layer of, and, and, and this isn't to inject fear into your partnership, but there's that layer of almost false security that a relationship or a marriage, it creates another barrier to, well, we're not going to run away off into the sunset together because we're both married. Right. And there's, even though right, people do it all the time, it still is an additional layer of security that, that does it, yes. it's, it, it's there regardless. Yeah. Yeah. And that still does happen. So I hear. Yep. So. Yep. <laughs> She's like, oh shit, does it? I didn't know that. It's <laughs> um, a podcast for you to listen to. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so, so you walk into desire, you'd had some threesomes. You're just going to lay by the beach naked for a little bit. Or the pool. The pool, beach. They're, they're right next to each other. They are. <laughs> they are. So you can lay between the two and you can have, have both. So, but then you're opened to a whole new world. Then what? What was that like? We were like fresh meat when we walked in there. Like yeah. everybody stood up and was like, not that the age gap thing doesn't make us get started anyway, but then we had, you know, the little newbie wristbands on and they were coming after us. So yeah. it was a little scary to be honest. <laughs> a little intimidating. A little bit. It was yeah. super intimidating. <laughs> and I was like, so, and I was someone that was like comfortable. Like at the, by the point that we got to like desire, I was like, very comfortable with my sexuality and and what I thought we were doing. And then I was like, Oh shit. Like, Oh my God, this is like a whole thing. So yeah, it was definitely nerve wracking at first. And I think it was also because I was, it was so unexpected because we, I really thought it was just like a clothing optional resort and that's it. And then we walked in and the like concierge person was talking about like being sexy and being hot. And I was like, whoa, I just came here to like relax a little, like what, like, why do I need to be so sexy all the time? Like that's so much work, you know, but then, and then as we saw everything, I was just like, wow, but it was so, so cool to see. I remember because we were so close to getting married. I was, we were, I was very much like just us not really interested in exploring, um, other people or doing anything with anybody else at that time. But, um, it was really fun for us to be able to connect in that environment and just like really, really have like that honeymoon stage, like amplified because of the energy that was there. It was just so authentic and like, so, uh, I don't know, I guess, yeah, just so genuine. And, um, so it was really cool and we ended up liking it a lot, even though we didn't really play any play with anybody. Um, that trip, I don't think our second trip was where, <laughs> We had a lot. Of yeah, fun, what we but. found, I think the first time when we were there, we found that the people were so nice. We were almost like, like, where are we? Like, is this a different right. world? And it really is a different world. But everybody is so understanding and just open. And they don't like, you know, we walk down the street, not so much, or maybe we don't know this anymore. But when we first started dating, it was very much like, what's with the age gap? What's going on here? Yeah. I'd have to explain, yeah, you know, I'm not a rich guy. She's not uh, coming after, you know, coming after my money. But there, everybody's on the same playing field and everybody, they were so nice. Every, we would look at ourselves or look at each other every hour and say, why are they so nice? Like, what do they want from us? But they didn't want anything from us. They were just good people. Yeah, so, it was really nice to not have the age gap thing, like play so much of a part for us. And those interactions, people were just like genuinely interested in getting to know us just at face value, which was awesome. Um, 
yeah, sorry. So, no, no, you're fine. That's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. I love too that the the balance between it's intimidating as hell, but that your experience was then that you were able to to set the boundaries with yourselves and hold them and say, well, we're just going to talk to people. And I think, I mean, that's something that we, we throw out there often to people if they're like, yeah, we're thinking about going to a club or something. And I feel like desire is like a club on steroids, but it's, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, go just be there with yourselves, chat to people. You don't, you don't have to have sex with anybody. You don't even have to get naked. Like you could have worn your swimsuit mm-hmm. the whole week and nobody would have cared. Right. And so yeah. I think that's amazing that you were able to drop into a new space like that not only a new space but like a whole new paradigm mm-hmm. and and have such a great experience and have your boundaries re- be respected respect your own like that's amazing mm-hmm. that's a that's yeah. such a and it sounds like it, it drew you back for for a second did. we came home and had so much so much conversation so mm-hmm. much like endless conversation and learned so much and then just couldn't wait to go back Mm-hmm. And now we can't stop going back. <laughs> <laughs> Funny how that happens. <laughs> I, I would love to, to talk a little bit too. I mean, continue on with your journey for sure. But I, I, you've brought up the age gap a few times. And it sounds like that's played a big role in your partnership in, in some ways. And maybe what has that looked like for the two of you? And, and what has that been like moving into the world of non-monogamy together? You want to go first? <laughs> no, you can't. I'm, okay. so, I'm so processing. For me, at the beginning, it was a lot because everyone, you know, we're in a small, not small community, but it's a tight community. Mm-hmm. People look at us and they're just, they think she's my daughter, which right. I get. I mean, she looks way younger than she is. And I mean, I look okay, but I'm old. So <laughs> um, it, that's a lot to take. Or we go to a club and they're like, why are you here with your dad? Like, and that up here in my head kind of was wearing on me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I've now gotten to a point where it's probably cause we're so good now that mm-hmm. it doesn't really bother me anymore. I mean, you, especially now that I'm exploring all of this and I'm looking around and I'm thinking that's nothing compared to what else is going on all around these people. Ours is just out in the open because I'll walk down the street holding her hand and we're just visible Well, these other people have all of their, their things they're doing too, but it's just not out in the open. So yeah. It, it bothers me less now, but at the beginning, it was a thing for me. I think probably more than her, I think, but I don't know. I can't speak for you really. Yeah. Um, no, I think that's a really good point that it was, it's like one of our like visible identities. I love that. Yeah. It was, I would say in the beginning, it was just, I forgot actually that people did actually come up to us and make comments about our age difference that were rude and just like super not welcoming. And that was rough because I think it, it did really like mess with Dave's confidence a little bit in terms of like giving that vibe or that idea that he's not good enough for me kind of thing. And, and he's right. I do look significantly young (laughs) for my age and I always have, which, you know, at some point will be a gift, but in the beginning it was not, ideal. So yeah, that was, we had our moments like, because we were still so new with each other. Like we knew we had each other's back, but I think we just didn't feel as solid as we do now. And like, there was still a lot of fear about just our relationship in general. And like, is this something that's going to work out? We are so different and we have so many other things going on. Like, and and then we have our baggage and all of our bullshit. So it's kind of like just a new relationship thing anyway. And so even though we were there for each other, it was just very different from 
like Dave said, like where we are now, it doesn't even phase us. And I, I don't know if it's like partially our energy too, that's changed over time that has made people yeah. not mess with us as much. We're definitely just so solid and we don't ever have to deal with that now. And so, so I don't know if that's part of it or, you know, if there was some level of, of fear when we were just out in public together and people would pick up on that and just be like, what the fuck's going on? You know? So yeah, I don't know. But I would say overall, it wasn't like a huge, huge thing for a long time. I think just in the beginning, it came up often enough to where we had to like make a joke about it and learn how to like roll with the punches. With yeah, it. I will say people her age, the younger generation were way more accepting of it mm-hmm. than people my age. My family was fine, but mm-hmm. because they knew her and they knew what we were and they get it, they see it. But just out on the street, people, you know, people my age will look at us and go, that looks weird. But the people yeah. her age are like, that's cool. Right. You guys yeah. are good. We're good. So yeah. that's a, a generational thing, I guess. Yeah, totally. Is that and a long it, answer? <laughs> yeah, no, it's no, perfect. It and, and I think I love the point you made early on in that, Dave, about the, the other people have all their shit and they can hide it. Right. And this wasn't something you could hide. Right. You, you look the way you look and you're, but then good for you to be able to go out and like still hold hands, still be affectionate. Cause I, I know that would be for me, I would be terrified to do that. And it would probably drive a wedge because I would be afraid. So I like, I give you a ton of credit for being able to do that. Yeah. And actually it did the opposite for us. It brought us closer. Like yeah. she had to support me and I had to support her probably her more than she had to support me more because I was the one being looked weirdly at, but mm-hmm. it actually brought us closer than, than put that wedge in there. So that yeah. was good. Yeah. yeah. That was amazing. Yeah. I'm, I'm really glad to hear that. Has it, has it been a thread at all in non-monogamy where you're, or in swinging where you're meeting up with couples and they're, they aren't as cool with the, the age gap or has it, has everybody been pretty open and accepting about it? I would say, well, because I do most of that, uh-huh. Um, I think we do hang out with people older, my more mm-hmm. my age and a little bit younger than people her age. Although uh-huh. there's not a lot of people her age that are in the yeah. swing community that I know anyway, but it hasn't really been a thing. I don't think, I think, you know, they don't s- say no because of this reason. So we really wouldn't yeah. know or sure, know. sure. like, you yeah. know, but I would say that the people in their probably forties that we mm-hmm. mostly hang out with, they're fine with it. Yeah, yeah. I don't care, but um, it, I guess what I'm saying is that hasn't been an issue because we have met a lot of really cool people that are her age. Whether we see them again or, or just are just great friends, they yeah. don't have a problem. They don't seem to have a problem with it. So yeah. they are the most accepting people. Yeah, in that whole community. So that could, kind of goes along with that. They really don't care if you're a good person. They're a good person. It's all good. Yeah. So no, I love Which that. Is how it should be. <laughs> yeah, it's and I think so much about that is once you get to know somebody, right? You're you're not just this meat suit. You're, you're so much more than that. And when you get to know people like so much of the, the age, the, whatever, the background, the social status, all of that shit melts away. And I think I love that about desire. I mean, I think desire does some selecting based on income and, 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 and ability to be there for sure. But there's also, you're standing naked in a pool next to somebody. You don't know if they're a billionaire or if they, if they just, you know, whatever, just graduated college or just got their first job and and they, they're just celebrating that way. So you have like everything is stripped away and you're just naked people talking to naked people. And there's something really amazing about that. Yes. I agree. 
Yeah, it strips down. It makes Literally. you. Yeah, it strips down and makes you more vulnerable just <laughs> because <Yes>. you're <laughs> and you're able to connect human to human. That's that's right. Yeah, yeah. And I think we get a wider variety of people on the websites that you go on, or mm-hmm. well, I should say which ones they are, but the ones that's that right. we go on, um, they're all over the place. And again, we still don't know what they all do. Uh, mm-hmm. I know that Desire, it's not a cheap place to go. So you can kind of think, okay, they're probably on the higher level of their income. Maybe, maybe not. Like, yeah. But yeah. on Cassidy, for instance, they're all over the place. Yeah. And those people are still generally really nice and really outgoing. Yeah. So you don't have to go to the big expensive resort. I yeah. just um, oh. like champagne. So yeah. we go there. I love it. And and so what has the the trajectory sort of taken you to, it sounds like, less of the the strict swinging and more sort of a general openness how is how how has that journey evolved to that point you take this one Uh, (laughs) (laughs) yeah i don't that's it's kind of a tricky question i don't know if i'm all the way sure you know um i think i just ended up spending time with someone who, you know, we started as friends and that's not unusual for me to, to spend time with people and have them be single people, whether that's like male or female, but, um, yeah, I don't know. I guess I just like at at some point realized that I decided I started to develop feelings for this person and, And I was kind of just like not when I started to experience those feelings, I wasn't like immediately convinced that it was bad. And so I was just kind of like, Hmm. (laughs) Um, and we've talked about polyamory before. Um, I haven't just, it's not like I've been identifying as polyamorous my whole entire life, but we have had these conversations about like various types of open relationships. And it's, it's always been something that I have said, like, I think I would be open to, but it was just nothing that I was exposed to really. Like I maybe had one prior experience that was similar, but that I don't really like fully count. And so throughout our relationship, it hasn't really come up for us. And it wasn't something that I was particularly seeking out. Mm -hmm. And so when this kind of happened, it just sort of, it felt like, okay, is this a bad thing? Because it doesn't feel like a bad thing. And when I think about the, like the impact that it could have on my life, like I, I don't feel like it's a bad thing Mm -hmm. necessarily. I, that's not to say I don't feel like it would be a hard thing just like, you know, right off the bat but is it bad that I think to me that was different? So that's kind of when I had the conversation with Dave, like immediately, as soon as I recognized these feelings, I, you know, needed to sit down with him and say, like, I think I'm having these feelings. I'm not all the way sure because I haven't had these feelings with anybody else, but I think I'm having them and, and I would like to be able to keep exploring them. What do you think? Right. And yeah. So. And how did that go? <laughs> Cause that's a lot. The conversation was easy since then. It's been a little bit more difficult for me, but um, I've always kind of, I think we've talked about it. Our, our whole relationship. We didn't just jump in to get married. We've had to talk about the fact that 
she's going to easily outlive me. She calls me her first husband because it's a joke. It's a joke. Totally. But, um, (laughs) I'm older. Let's be for real. Like she has to have other relationships. So I think in the back of my mind, I was always ready for it. But then when it was like put in my face, I was like, wait, what? But, but of course I have to say, yes, of course, like I have to support you. I don't have to, but I want to support you the best way I know how. So we are still learning that or Mm -hmm. I'm still learning it. Uh, lots of books and lots of podcasts and lots of learning, lots of talking, mm-hmm. but we are working through that and it's all good. But, um, the jealousy thing is a thing for me now, which it wasn't. I, and like, it goes back to the couples. I'm not really jealous of that. We can do that all day, every day. It's fine. But now we have a single male and her and they want to spend time together. And where does that leave me? It's kind of, that's what we're figuring out. It's not yeah. all bad. It's good. It's good for all of us, I guess, but it's hard to work through. Well, it's just, it's naturally a little more threatening. Correct. hundred percent. Yeah. 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 And I, I, I really appreciate the the conversation about that. And I think it's, you know, it's one of those, those sayings that we hear often on the show or we hear often in the world of non-monogamy is, well, Hey, we're swingers. We don't, we don't get feelings. And I think this is one of those where it does happen. And then I think what's really amazing is the ability to step back and say, okay, it happened. Now what do we do? Rather than I think a lot of times it's cut that, get it away as far away as possible because it's threatening and it's scary and it's going to destroy us. And and it sounds like you went the route of, okay, I trust us. Let's 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 deconstruct this and see where we can go with this. Right. Correct. Yeah. So that's where we are. Yeah. Um, and even, even now, you know, I, I think I said already, like, I'm not sure if it's polyamory or just, or just two relationships that I'm exploring right now. The other part is I don't have a lot of opportunity to, (laughs) to explore polyamory in its entirety. I just don't have the time. And so it's really difficult to know like really what it is that, that I, or we want versus like what is, realistic for us and our lifestyle and, and how we want to live our lives. So yeah, because like Dave will kind of challenge me on that. Like, are you polyamorous or are you just like in the, in love with one other person, you know? And I'm like, well, right now, I guess it's just that, but in theory, like I am like conceptually thinking about these things. This is how I see Mm -hmm. the world kind of, and this is what I believe just because I'm not actively doing it doesn't necessarily mean that I'm not this thing, right? Like just because I'm not dating a bunch of people right now doesn't mean that I wouldn't be open to any of us doing that. It's just that I don't have the time right now. So she's very open to me going out and meeting other people. So yeah. it's not like it's a one-sided thing. She says, go. I don't yeah. know that I have the energy to do that. I mm-hmm. mean, I meet people, I have whatever, like normal relationships with them, but I don't know that I have the energy or the, the energy or the interest? Maybe the interest. <laughs> <Yeah. I'm tired. laughs> um, I, I, I love this conversation because I think it touches on something that's so, I think, so important, which is there's there's a couple of things that can happen here, which is one is, okay, you fell in love with somebody. And what is what is everything in the, the mainstream media and all of our conditioning says, you fall in love, you get engaged, you get married, you have a kid, you buy a house, and you run off into the sunset. And that's yeah. what every relationship is supposed to do. The relationship escalator. Yeah. And you're sitting here saying, 
well, I don't know. I'm in love, but I'm really fucking busy. I'm tired. You're tired. We're both tired. Like what could, what, how do I be in love and support my life? And I think that is where the, the threading the needle is so beautiful because you can have love and intensity without getting on the escalator and taking it to the moon. Right. And we're still trying to figure out how the swinging thing works into all of this as well, because I'm yeah. not, we're not ready to give that up either. So it's yeah. kind of a lot going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She has like zero hours in a day to deal with it all, yet somehow she deals with it all. Mm-hmm. So now she's dealing with me and this other gentleman. Person, who yeah. We all have emotions. So good yeah. luck. Yeah. It's yeah. A it's a lot. It's That's a lot. such a great point, right? It's yeah. you're all humans with emotions and feelings and importance. And you don't just get to be like, well, it's a busy day or a busy week. I'll talk to you in a month. Right. Yes. Like, right. That's yeah, that's real. Yeah. It is not ideal timing for sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So it's, it's been hard. It's been really hard. I would, you know, I think most people would agree that trying to balance one relationship and being in any sort of graduate school or intense program or, and even just having an intense job, right. A high demanding job is hard and trying to do it with two people, especially with all of the mononormativity that we are like surrounded by all the time and just all the socially ingrained norms that we have difficulty unlearning, you know, is, is just, times a thousand. It's just like, Oh my God, <laughs> I really wish that I just didn't have a job. I was a stay at home <laughs> dog mom. And then I could devote all my energy to this and we'd probably be great. But yeah, unfortunately it's it's, how life works. Yeah. yeah. So. And, and finding the balance of all of it, like really you're, you're forced to take it day by day and kind of go slow because yeah. you, you need to. I guess it's yes. not, you're not always forced. I guess you could go super fast, but it's not, it's not, yeah, it well, not, may not be the best. Yeah. The day by day thing is good, but I want to know what's going to happen in the future, which you can't answer. None yeah. of us can answer, but if you're really going to do this right now, right. what what's next year look like in the year after that and the year after that, right. which mm-hmm. I know she can't answer, but from my mind, that's how it works. Yeah. Cause you need some security. Right. But at this yeah. point it is very day by day. Like, okay, how's today? House today, house today, yeah. you know, yeah. So, yeah, and is, part of that is her schedule, but yeah. yeah, I think the day by day just has its, has its ups and downs, you know, um, it's good for working on like being present in the moment, but yeah, a lot of us do need that security of what is going to happen in the future. And that goes for every single one of us in, in our current position. Like all of us are looking at each other, like, Hey, are, are we sure about this? And how are we going to do this? Because I really want this to work, but like how, you know? And so, so it's just this very like, ah, and then both of these guys tend to look to me to decide how it's going to work. And I'm like, we should be like figuring that out together. <laughs> you know, so you started it. Yeah. I, yes. <laughs> so, I, so I, I love been, that. I think it, I think too, though, just the, the nature of this, and we've we've heard this from people, and I think this is a thing that I struggle with, right? I want exactly what you just described, David. Like, tell me where we're going so I can enjoy the ride getting there versus like, okay, I woke up today. You're here. I'm here. We did it today. We went to bed. We woke up tomorrow. We did it. And pretty soon you're like three, four, five years in. You're like, okay, well, shit, you've been here every day for three or four years. We've yeah. been doing it. And 
and it's we lose track of that sometimes mm-hmm. so like well yeah we we keep saying well when are we going to do it but like we've done it we're doing it it's happening but we 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 sometimes miss it right yeah yeah it's a very very interesting <laughs> yeah so many so many pieces so many parts and so many things to just like be considered all the time i think for me one of the biggest things i'm learning right now is that every single thing we do impacts the other one and it's just a lot of thinking and can, and being considerate of other people and situations and dynamics constantly. And then also trying to like learn where your own boundaries are and what you can manage in the current moment and how to communicate your needs in the current moment in an effective way that like shows love and not like in this explosive way of like, our life is terrible. And like, (laughs) this is so hard, you know, because it does feel like that sometimes like with everything else we we all have going on. It's like, Oh my gosh, (laughs) this is crazy. So, but then there are times that it's really good and it's like, okay, like, yay, you know? So yeah, it's a day by day process, which definitely has its ups and downs. So. And trying to do all of that while you're possibly swimming in NRE, the new relationship energy and, and, and it's not necessarily balanced energy. Like that's, that's a lot to navigate. Right. That is a part of it. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Hitting a nerve. With mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll be <Yeah>. fine. <laughs> well, but, and at the same time too, David, because it's easy people listening to be like, well, just go out and get that for yourself. And you're, you're also like, but maybe I don't want to, maybe I'm, t- I, like you said, I'm tired. I don't want to do that right now. I don't have the space for that in life. Yeah. It would be, I think it would make it a lot easier if I did have that, mm-hmm. but also not to go back to the age thing. It's harder. I think for me to find that because not that women aren't great my age, but they want to, they don't, th- that's not their thing, at least that I'm finding, but also I'm not, it's hard to go out and look for it. She didn't go out and look for it. It just fell in her lap. Yeah. And um, it's here now. So, um, but yeah, it just fell in her lap. She wasn't out looking for it. So for me to go out and look for it yeah. is not something I have the energy for, I think, but maybe it'll come. And if yeah. not, it's fine, you know, but yeah, I'll have fun yeah. trying, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Well, and at the same time, like you're, it's not just like physical energy too. It's like emotional energy. Like, mm-hmm. do I have that emotional oh, energy? Correct. Yeah. Like, do I have that emotional energy to go put into meeting people, exactly. going out on dates, figuring out, like, it's not like, it's a lot of energy. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yep. It is. And yeah. I think that the whole dynamic is difficult for me because we've always been together. We've done everything together. And now I'm being told that she wants to do it with somebody else, which is difficult for me, even though mm-hmm. I know it's fine, but also for her to, for me to not be able to just like, let's go to Palm Springs for the weekend. Okay. Well, we have to like, not that we have to ask his permission, but we kind of have to say, Hey, we're thinking about going away for the weekend. Number one, do you want to come? Or somehow number two, we'd rather you not come or I'd rather, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's all emotion. That just takes a lot too out of me. Like I'm not used to that. I'm used to like, let's go. And we can't do that. So. And figuring out what that dynamic between the three of you is. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Still learning, always learning. Yeah. 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 I think the other biggest piece of that is we haven't really, we've been involved with like the Cassidy community and with meeting people at Desire um, and other, you know, lifestyle related places. It's easier to find that support and like connection with people. But as far as like having a more open polyamorous community, um, 
we haven't really had that yet. So I think that can be part of it. Like it's really hard to not have anybody that you can't like confide in um, about even just the, the smallest things. Except their community. No. Yeah, I know. Which we, you know, we haven't, but we haven't been a part of until recently. Right. So it's like, I'm looking forward to that. Like I, even though I have barely any time, I at least know that I have good support outside of strictly polyamorous communities, but for Dave and, you know, like this other person, they don't really have, it seems like they don't really have as much support as I do and as much fallback. And partial part of that is probably a generational thing. Like their friends aren't people that necessarily know about like what the lifestyle even is kind of thing. So yes, he's more my age as well. So he's yeah. my age, not her age. So he and I are more alike. I might have a type. Yeah. I have a time. <laughs> it's just being realized. Live <laughs> here. And something that I was just thinking was, yeah, Cassidy's great and the couples are great, but they're couples. Yeah. And when I tell them, oh, there's three of us, they're either like, well, what are you talking about? Or we're out. Like, yeah. for no reason. You haven't, he's actually a good person. Like, you yeah. know, which I get, that's not what they're there for. But mm-hmm. we don't always, I can't get the support there. Yeah, because that's not what they do, which is fine. Do everybody do whatever you want, but yeah. um, we do have a few couples that we've known for a long time before this came up, and they seem to be supportive of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but on the whole, when you're on a couple's website and you say there's three of you, yeah, they're yeah. not interested in a nice yeah. way, but they're not interested. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I really, I really love this conversation because this is this transition that you two are sort of, or I will say the three of you are mm-hmm. sort of in is one that super common it happens so often and i don't it doesn't often get talked about and and right there's nothing i think inherently wrong with a lot of the ways that people go about swinging where it's like hey we're we're a couple we're here to meet couples and mm-hmm. we do it you know a couple of times a month or a couple of times a year and like that's yeah. it that's as, the wall as long as everyone's on yeah. on board and expectations and are clear then yeah and and then you find yourselves in a sort of amorphous space between the two where you're like, well, we don't fully fit over here and we don't fully fit over here. Where do we, where can we find support for ourselves? Where can we find friends who will even talk to us? And, and that is like being alone in this is so hard. Um, Yeah. yeah. And I think that what we found too, is just in talking to everyone that we have, that there's a lot more people in that amorphous Mm -hmm. soup that then I think that are, that are. Then talk about it. Yes. That's, yeah. Then talk about it. That's, <laughs> yeah. 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 I, and it, it probably, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. It, I can imagine that that is the case, you know, just from our own experience and, and with the way that we have evolved over time, I think like to some degree, everybody is always transitioning. Like even when we were swinging, like we were swinging a certain type of way and then we started swinging a different type of way. Right. Like, so you're always kind of evolving, which is good, but sometimes it can be just such a, such a lonely and kind of, um, marginalized space. Like when communities and environments don't feel necessarily welcoming for, a certain group dynamic, you know, like a lot of swinging places are open to two girls, one guy, but two guys, one girl is like an absolute no. And that's, yeah, you know, that's rough. So, um, but then on the other hand is kind of like, yeah, to jump into this polyamorous 
community is like, Ooh, I don't know if like we're going to necessarily fit here either because we're not, we're not quite all the way there yet. And we're still like moving through that, but either way, I'm looking forward to exploring like what support there is out there and just being able to talk to like-minded individuals because that's what we liked so much about swinging was we had other like-minded individuals. And now I know there has to be people that have gone through what we've gone through to some degree and, and have like been successful at it. Like it would be nice to talk to someone or people that are in this dynamic or do face some challenges and do have ways of like coping and, and what, and figuring out just like what works for them and how they manage, you know, um, or navigate, I should say. So, so yeah, I'm looking forward to hopefully getting more involved in your community in my downtime and all of my free time. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I think too, even just the idea, not that, that they have the answer, but sometimes even just to know and hear somebody go, Oh yeah, that's super fucking hard. Yeah. And you're swimming in the deep end. Like, right. and you're just like, okay, well, I'm not, I'm not crazy. Like this is hard. I thought this was hard, but I don't know. I didn't know anybody else thought it was hard too. Like there's a lot yeah. of, a lot there. Yeah. Not to change the subject, but back up to something that she pushed my buttons here. Um, <laughs> the single guy thing in the Cassidy community or the swing mm-hmm. community, it's hard now because I'll say, let's go do this. Well, there can't be a single man. And she's like, well, he's not single. Yeah. He's in a relationship with her. But yet, I understand the single man thing. I've been there, done, I've not done that myself, but I've seen it. But mm-hmm. to not let, it, I think it needs to expand a little bit. And I think it's going there. But I think just to straight up shut single men out or charge them four that? times as much to get in to, yeah. so you can deal with them is, is becoming more difficult for us yeah. because he's still considered a single man. Mm-hmm. Which, which is like is also because, invalidating of our relationship, right? Like of that dynamic right, is like, yep. okay, he doesn't get to come in as we don't get to come in as a unit. He comes in as a single person and it's like, yeah. nope, <laughs> that's yeah. not what this is. So yeah. So yeah, that's off subject, but not really off subject because <laughs> she touched on it and I just wanted to bring that up. So yeah. no, it's an important piece to bring up and it's like, it definitely, cause we've seen that too. And um, well, in that that structure, I think, and this we won't get into all of the 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 the. Don't get me started. Yes, <laughs> right, all of right. the pieces and all of the stuff that goes into how to create a better, safer environment for a sex party or an event that doesn't, yeah, that doesn't force somebody to pay four times as much. And we could unpack all of those mm-hmm. issues, but one of them is right now. You've got somebody who's. <laughs> Who's there paying way more, expecting way more in a situation like you're, you're fueling a fire when you right. do that. And so, yeah, there's, there's a whole lot of reasons that that, <laughs> that model sucks, but yeah, mm-hmm. I, yeah. Yeah. And I do understand why it's there because like I said, we've seen the single guys mm-hmm. and how some of them act, but mm-hmm. there's gotta be another way around that. Yeah. So, yeah. Indeed. I don't know, yeah. but someone should know. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, yeah. Oh, Okay. <laughs> I think it's getting to know people on a human level and saying, well, it's not just, I'm not just here for your money. I'm here for the the connection and who the person is. And that to me makes a huge difference. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. It does. Whew, uh, okay. Yeah. We could go down. Yeah, that it's a dangerous, we're, we're walking a razor's edge here. <laughs> could down that rabbit hole. It's a really important thing that I'm, I'm glad that you brought it up. Uh, I'm also curious, changing the subject a little bit. How I know that you talked about, you know, your age gap as being like part of your identity that is visible. But how, as far as the non-monogamy, how 
visible, I guess, have you chosen to make that in your, in your life? I'm pretty open about it. Um, I try to be somewhat careful, you know, I'm not necessarily advocating that I specifically am non-monogamous, but I do try to advocate for consensual non-monogamy in general, you know, and I try to like on social media, like I try to give that sex positive presence, um, just because that's like my area of like what I want to do with my whole life. But I don't know. I would say like a good amount of our actual, like people that we actually know, know that we're non-monogamous. They don't know exactly all the details necessarily, but they know enough. There are some people that I think we keep things a little bit more reserved, um, or we're a little more quiet about, but I think for me, if I'm asked about it, I feel comfortable being honest. I don't, necessarily need to lie about what our situation is but that's just for me I think David has a little bit more of a different situation just because he's he's got more of a reputation in our community here with his work and stuff so so yeah for me I don't flaunt it at all but I don't necessarily hide it not that they're going to ask me about it because the people that are my clients wouldn't really ask about it. But Mm -hmm. the friends that are in my work community, they, they know, but again, to some extent, I don't go out and tell them everything about it, but they do know it. Our definitely our close friends know it. I think our families kind of think it, but are afraid to talk about it, (laughs) which is fine, but I don't necessarily flaunt it, especially Mm -hmm. to the work community because I work with people in our community, I guess. And it's not a small community, but they talk. So, um, but it's not something at this point anymore that I would hide, but I wouldn't go into crazy detail, but I don't really hide it. I mean, yeah, Yeah. Yeah, finding that balance of like what feels comfortable around. I, I, it makes perfect sense. Like I don't, I don't need to flaunt all of this, but I also like, if you're going to ask me a question, I'm going to answer it. (laughs) And I don't put it on social media as where she does. Um, but of course everybody knows who we are. So they can (laughs) easily find it on hers, but it's not something I will put out there. Mm -hmm. Um, because all of my clients are on my social media. So, yeah. Yeah. And some of them would not approve. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. I kind of, I, for me, I go back and forth between wanting to like always challenge the norm. Right. So I'm always like wanting, I almost would want to flaunt more than I do right now. I try to not flaunt, but just like communicate a general message of like, Mm -hmm hey, this is a valid thing. I'm not necessarily doing it. I'm not necessarily not doing it, but like people are, you know? So Mm -hmm. that's kind of the stance that I try to mostly take. And I I go back and forth with wanting to just really own it sometimes and just say like, yeah, this is what we're doing. And, And just being real about things. Because what I find is that when you practice being vulnerable and like practice putting yourself out there and like making holding space for things that are different, then people are more likely to say, yeah, me too, actually. Or yeah, I've been thinking about this also, you know? So, so I'm trying to find that balance of creating space, but not necessarily, um, in a way that will end up backfiring on us because it is still very, um, stigmatized, you know, in a lot of ways. And so, it's something that we have to be mindful of, unfortunately. 
So. Yeah, it's such a hard one to break because the the stigma behind it all forces everybody into being quiet. And then once you can have some of these deeper conversations, you do you realize like, oh, they they've got a little bit of a twist on their relationship and they've got a little bit of a twist on theirs. And and it's not as rare or scarce as we all think, but everybody's so afraid to talk about it. And yeah, yeah it's it's hard. And then it, then it's isolating and lonely and and it forces it further into the the secret realm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I would say you poke a little bit and see what they say, and then you go back and forth, and all of a sudden you can talk about it. You know. Yeah. But you're right. It's not just something you're gonna throw out there any more than they're gonna throw it out there. So. Yeah. Yeah. Those conversations are fun when you you can tell both of you are like dancing around this thing, and you're both like trying to drop keywords that aren't too, and you're like, wait, you know that word? Okay, maybe you know this word. Do you know this word? Do you know that? Yeah. That's a fun game. <laughs> And you're like at a work function and you're like, I don't know if I should say the next word. Or what, yeah, so. Been there, done that. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. This is this has been amazing. I would love, we have a couple more questions, but before we do, Tasha, you reached out mm-hmm. a bit ago because you're, as you just said, you you try to lead with your work and, and everything into sort of opening this world up. And would love to give you an opportunity to talk about your work and your school and maybe there's ways that people listening could help. Yeah. Um, so I am currently in my fourth year of my graduate program. So it's designed to be five years. So I'm almost done. And as part of my graduate program, I have a doctoral dissertation. And so I've decided to make my dissertation project or my decided to focus my research on exploring relationship satisfaction in monogamous and consensually non-monogamous relationships. As far as the consensual non-monogamy, I'm looking at relationship anarchy, polyamorous folks, um, people who identify as being in an open relationship, and swingers or in the lifestyle people. My goal is to basically just bring more awareness to these groups um, and just ultimately validate alternative relationship styles as, you know, equal, equally valid forms of relating to monogamy. Um, It's not to hate on monogamy at all. I think that monogamy is great and awesome for people that are in it. But I do want to, you know, ultimately help alternative relationships just feel more seen and be more validated and ideally help clinicians make themselves more available to people that are exploring these types of relationships or would potentially be open to exploring these relationships. So uh, if people would be willing to fill out a survey, it should take about 10 minutes. It has, you know, a little bit of a screener at the beginning and then a consent form, all the like fancy stuff. And then, and then it goes into the, questionnaire or some demographic information. And then the questionnaire it should take like maybe 10 minutes. I think you said it took you like 10 minutes, 10 minutes, right? But yeah, it's, I'm really just trying to learn more about relationship satisfaction. And one of the thing, one of the problems I will say that's come up with the research is this, the survey itself. There's not a lot of surveys that are designed for people in relationships that are not monogamous. <laughs> so um, the language has been, you know, adapted to be more fitting for people who might have more than one partner. For example, I use the term loved ones in 
for like a good chunk of it just because I wasn't sure if there was any other like better word, but, but that term mm-hmm. means whoever you want to think about kind of thing. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, is there anything else that I can? No, it's, am- it's amazing. And so w- we will have a link to the survey and the podcast show notes and we would love for people to help out. And for anybody who does do this there, I know a lot of people are very, still very secretive about this. Will their information be anonymized and, and blinded? It will be, so the information being collected will be um, not directly identifiable, right? So the demographic information will be like age, um, ethnicity, where you live kind of thing. It won't be collecting any directly identifiable data, but then once the demographic information is collected, the data will be further de-identified and coded so okay. that it is completely confidential. Not officially anonymous because of that data, but confidential for sure. So so all of you out there listening in rural conservative parts of the country and yes, world, yes. this is your opportunity to show that it's not as fucking rare as everybody thinks it is. <laughs> yes. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I love um, it. Yeah, really hoping to gather some authentic data for this. You know, there's, I know that with non-monogamy being so stigmatized, it can be easier to want to present well, right? Like we want to say that our relationships are good and everything's perfect and they're just as good as monogamy, if not better. Um, But I really would, and it's just a questionnaire, so it's not going to give me too, too much info. It's not like it's getting your like direct feedback, you know, with mm-hmm. about what you say, but, um, but any just as, as genuine as people can be would be awesome just because it would mean that much more in terms of like contributing to the literature that exists right now. Yeah. Um, the definitions that are there for the different styles of relationships, those are according to the current literature. So yeah, there's a lot that we need to learn in terms of non-monogamous relationships and um and with the results if y'all are interested later i will be able to give you a link to when it is published eventually sometime in the next year or so (laughs) but yeah then you'll be able to see kind of where it's all coming from and it's definitely again not to hate on monogamy but to just be able to feel as valid as monogamy and i know it's really hard to feel like we can comfortably move through the world in our open relationships or non-monogamous relationships when everything is so set up for monogamous relationships. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, Amazing. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, thank you. It's super exciting. Yeah. And thank you for doing that. And uh, we're excited to hear the, the results and maybe we'll even bring you all back on and, and talk about where you're at in a year. So that would be amazing. All right. Sounds yes. good. Yeah. Thank yes. you for like being willing to help me promote this study. It really means a lot to me. It's like my little baby, but yeah. Totally. <laughs> we are. Yeah. You're putting a lot to... of effort and energy into yeah. it for sure. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. sure am. the real unsung hero here Um, i love it i love it well before we let you go we would love to ask maybe one or two more just funner funner oh more fun more funner questions i'm gonna say funner the the how we cut our sandwich right yeah (laughs) yeah 
He's, he's going with the deep cuts. Yeah. Deep cuts. So yeah. I, I think the one that we love to throw here is if there is a blooper or some funny moment over the last, you know, handful of years that you've been doing this, that you'd be open to sharing, not to, not to undercut the, the seriousness of your research, because I think the two can exist, <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> coexist. Never mind. You, you would have one more than me. Let me think. I'm thinking. <laughs> I do have one. Of course. Oh, okay. Of wow. Course. <laughs> okay. It's not major, but it was kind of funny. So, and I'm probably not going to remember it exactly. So don't correct me. Just go with it. Um, <laughs> we were at Desire and we. Oh, I know which one. Yes. We were, we, I think we were tequila tasting. <laughs> Yeah. So we had like bottles of tequila in our room, which we otherwise wouldn't have because you just go to the bar if you want something. We had bottles of tequila in the room and we went to dinner with a couple that we just met in the pool that day. Super nice people. Anyway, we have dinner with them. We're going to go to the party. Hey, you want to stop by our room and try some tequila? Because we had like bottles of tequila. There's no way we could drink it all. So like, you want to have some tequila? So we go back to the room and we're facing away from the bed, both of us and the wife. And when pouring the tequila and I turn around, and the husband is laying on our bed with his pants at his ankles, ready to do, I don't know. I mean, I guess I do know what, but we were like, we're going to the party. What are you doing back there? So it was a little bit awkward and it was a little bit funny, but we uh, put his pants back on and went to the party. Yeah, it was completely unexpected. We were just like, I think I was pouring the tequila, like turned my back for two seconds and turned around. And this guy's like sprawled out on our bed with his pants just not off, but at his ankles. And it was just like, it was interesting. Like we didn't talk about like okay. We didn't we didn't ever talk about this. Like <laughs> tequila. Yeah. yeah like yeah. we Yeah, I think he thought tequila was like code for yeah, yeah. something more. <laughs> Unfortunately it was so just tequila. <laughs> That's all I've got. Yeah. Yeah, I forgot about that. That was that, it's, a, it's a good story. That'd be jarring. Story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm glad that like you were able, yeah, to be like, okay, we're this is not happening right now. We're going yes. to actually go to the party. This is here's the tequila if you want it, and yeah. you know, and move on with your night. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and was... you know, who knows what was going on for him? He could have just made assumptions and, and yes. misunderstood cues, and who knows? But <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was just like so. Oh, it was interesting. I, I hope he's on a podcast somewhere, being like, yeah, and this one time I pranked this couple. <laughs> They were they were pouring tequila and I was like woo with the pants so yeah <laughs> right I have not thought about that that would have been so much better if he like didn't make it known that it was a prank kind of like, yeah I'm guessing it, was, it wasn't but yeah I, I, yeah, I, I, yeah. I, like, oh, I get back up and put my pants back on like, yeah. Yeah, I, my guess is that yeah, they there just probably uh, wasn't the communication yeah. skills to be yes. able to to talk about that, yeah. which is I mean we don't we aren't we aren't taught how no. to do that. So. Any of those, correct? Yes. Yeah. No, that's I love true. it. Yeah. That's all I've got. That's yeah. perfect. That's a good uh, one. That's amazing. Yeah. Is there anything else either of you would like to get out there before we let you get on with your day today? Good. Yeah. Uh, I don't think so. I think you've asked all the questions. Perfect. Well, it was a delight chatting to both of you and getting to know you both. And mm -hmm. we hope to hopefully help a whole bunch of surveys get submitted and get some solid data and keep keep moving the needle forward. Yes. Thank you okay. both for your time today and sharing everything that you did. Thank you. All right. Thank you. It was really nice to meet y'all. 
And we're back. Thank you, Tasha and David, for everything that you shared. We loved our conversation and are so grateful that you came on. And we're grateful for the work that Tasha is doing. A quick reminder, go to our website, check out the show notes for this episode, and go fill out her survey and help help gather some research. Yeah. I'm just echoing Emma again, as I always do here in the outro. Thank you, Tasha and David, for coming on, for sharing your story, and for doing the work you do uh, in your research. So yes, thank you both. And it was wonderful talking. A quick reminder that we have a virtual meet and greet coming up this Friday. That is November 17th. We would love for you to sign up on the events tab of our website. Please come join us. And if you miss it, don't worry, we'll have another one next month. So yeah. Yeah? Yeah. I think that's it. That's almost it. I was just thinking, I was sitting here thinking about things. and Oh boy. (laughs) I never know what we're going to get into. (laughs) (laughs) Well, for those of you who stuck around through the whole intro, you, you heard a little bit about our swag that we're giving away. Yeah. For anyone who sends us a testimonial about STD check. Correct. And so some of you here may have skipped that, which I don't blame you. But regardless, <laughs> we actually have an in-person retreat coming up for everybody who is part of our community. That's going to be the weekend of January 12th to the 14th in Atlanta. We're telling you because there's still time for you to join the community. So then you can come to that event. Yes. But I'm also telling you because I had a really great idea for the event. Well, I wanted to remind people maybe who are premium subscribers that the event is happening. Uh huh. And for anybody in her community who maybe hasn't been in there in a little while, you might want to get in there and sign up for the retreat. Yes. But what I was thinking would be really amazing is a party game. Mm-hmm. That I don't have it all sussed out yet. Okay, okay. But but some very maybe like it's Pictionary, but you have to have lube on your hands. So you're like trying to draw on the big board, but you can't hold on to the markers. Well, I, whatever game it's going to be, like we have to be prepared to kind of destroy it with lube. Well, it's just a, a it's just a, a dry erase marker and a piece of paper. Oh, I see what you or mean. Or a dry erase. Board. I see what you mean. I see what you mean. Yeah. Well, we'll have to well, let's, let's work on it a little bit. Let's work on the idea. Luckily, we got lots of lube sponsors. <laughs> true. Plenty of lube to go around. That is true. <laughs> All right. Next week, we have an interview with Adam. Uh, this is an amazing interview. We're super excited to get it out there. And so come back next week and listen. And I think that's it. <laughs> that is it. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Thanks for listening.